compound here. Somewhere, uh, I gotta have Andrew move this thing. It is like too far away, so I have to like hover over it like I'm like I'm in prison eating some food, and I don't want somebody to eat my num nums, so I'm gonna stab him in the face with my fork. That's what that's what I have to do with this microphone. So I've got to move this thing forward so it's not there. Driving me nuts. Doesn't move forward though. But we might have to make a new hole. I don't know. But anyway, otherwise I get complaints from the peanut gallery that nothing comes in. Or it cuts out or something weird. So anyway, I'll get it fixed somehow. Okay, Fabian says, uh, hey, Pastor, I was just messing with you. The shofar sounded great. It did not sound like a dying cat. The other ones did, but not this one. Oh, great. All right. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. You be quiet, Carl, and go eat your raw monkey butt you like to eat. Carl's stinking gross. He just eats raw meat. Barry's a great cook, and what does Carl eat? Oh, I think today, I think today I'm going to eat raw monkey brains. That's what I'm going to do. I'll, I'll, I'll brown it, or I'll cook it for 30 seconds on each side, and I'll eat raw monkey brains. That's what I'm going to do today. Yeah, okay, Carl. That's, that's not called cooking, you cannibal. Weird. All right, anyway. It's not technically cannibalism, I know. It's more like you're an animal and you want to eat something raw because you're like an animal. Well, human beings have like forks and knives and fingers to eat with, right? Fingers. And I maintain to you that you have never had a good burger in your life if you think you got to eat raw monkey brains, all right? I'm saying. I'll make you a burger, man, and you'll never want to eat your raw dookie meat again. You'll quit eating you'll you'll quit eating the behind the behind of a cow uh raw after I cook some food for you. I have to say, this is for real. I could see why some Europeans would not eat a hamburger if you ate it in England. Because I think it was England and Ireland and Scotland. I don't know which. I had it a couple times and I was like, these burgers are horrible. What is this stuff anyway? I am going to feed him a burger when I get to. Oh, Canada. When I get over there, I'm going to, I'm going to feed him a burger. I'm going to do more than feed him a burger. I'm going to drop kick him off Niagara Falls. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, there goes Carl. Woo! For a little swim in Niagara Falls. Yeah, I won't do that. It'll be too. 
But anyway, all right, I'm done picking on Carl. But Carl, I did talk to Pastor Jeffrey today for a little bit. Not talk to him. I, I messaged him a little bit. So I found out something I didn't know because I'm completely geographically challenged. Like completely. Like Carl doesn't use GPS, but in all fairness, Carl doesn't drive. I don't know if Carl could drive a stinking goat cart, okay? He might have a difficulty driving a bicycle, all right? Bicycle, maybe, maybe a unicycle. But, but Carl, did you know that, that, that Niagara Falls is only like the, the Canadian side of Niagara Falls? It's only 90 miles from Toronto. I didn't know that. I think I'm going to dip into New York. Yeah. I'm going to dip into New York. I'm going to New York, man. I got to go try some. I got to take my family into New York because it's only going to be right there. So we're going to go. We might drive back that way. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Anyway, I don't know. I'm ditching Carl, though, at Pastor Jeffrey's, man. I'm taking off. I'm like, I'll see you later, man. I'm going on vacation. I'll see you later, Carlos Montoya. I'm always spending four or five days with Carl, and I'm ditching him, man. That's long enough. I'm telling you. I heard that the Canadian side is beautiful. But anyway, I'll give Carl four or five days. And that's it, man. That's all I can handle. He's getting that. And that's it. I got to take my family on vacation the rest of the time. Otherwise, I'll strangle Carl. And I don't want to do that. I want to give Carl a big hug, too, called a bear hug and squash him. That's what I want to do. Oh, but we'll have we'll have a good time over there in uh we're we're gonna be we'll have a busy time. We have Baptist history to do over there. We're gonna have street preaching to do over there. I don't know. I don't have it all planned yet. So I don't know what we're gonna do yet. I gotta figure that out. I don't know. Got some figuring to do. So anyway. We'll figure all that out. We've got time. We got time. We'll, we'll get that figured out. Uh, but it's exciting. So, um, Pastor Jeffrey said he wants to come to America sometime. But his wife, his wife is from the Philippines. I got mine from America. Everybody else gets their wife from the Philippines. Actually, Pastor Jeffrey met her through his local New Testament church. They had chaperoned courtship. Then he married her. Seems like a really sweet lady. Kind of like Mary. Really nice lady. After all, anybody that can love Carl is a very nice lady. I'm just telling you. Very, 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 very nice lady. 
<laughs> oh. Seriously though. Uh I think we're gonna have fun in Canada. I, I just do. I <laughs> You can't go to New York. That's right. I'm ditching you for New York. I'm gonna swerve over you like you can't get in here, you little illegal. Get out of here, Carl. That's what I'm doing. Taking Carl out of there, man. I'm going to America. I'm escaping to America. Hey, I'll throw you a piece of Pete New York pizza on the border, Carl. That's what I'll do to you. I'll throw you, I'll throw you some New York pizza. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm just having fun. Oh. <laughs> Sneaking in America, Carl. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was interesting that Pastor Jeffrey's wife is from the Philippines, though. And he said she doesn't, she has a permanent resident, but she has to do something else. Like, I think it's the same thing Mary has to do, right? Is that the same thing, Carl, that his wife has to do the same thing uh, Mary has to do in her country or in, in your country there to get a, like a permanent, like she has a permanent residence or whatever, but she has to have citizenship, I think, over there. Oh, I think that's how it works. But anyway. I could sneak her in America. Hey, if I could, if you could, if you could sneak in like seventy-five illegal Mexicans in the bottom of a rider truck, I could sneak Mary in, in in Hannah's luggage, no problem. I mean, if you seen Hannah's luggage, I mean, if you if you see how we travel with with eight children, holy buckets! It's not quite as bad as Andrew traveling with with uh, with camera equipment. That was about as bad as traveling with 12 people. Them mobsters at the airport hit me up for money every single stop I went to. They're like, hey, you ain't getting that bag in here. You got to give us some money. I'm like, wait, we already paid you, didn't we? Nah, nah, nah. Your bag's too big. Your bag's too big. Everywhere I go, your bag's too big. I almost had to take a love offering to get home because I had so much. I, Andrew's baggage was costing me a fortune. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Just come in from the southern border. Everybody gets in there. Anyway. Well, we're going to have a good time. You pray about that. Pray the Lord continues to provide. Oh, well, we haven't started yet. I haven't asked for any money yet because I don't know what everything's going to be. But, uh, and by the way, don't forget, I, I got to take this time to, I am going to start this week working on the first project from Europe, the Coliseum. Okay? 
I'll present something to the church in the afternoon. If you want to watch it live, it won't be this Sunday because I won't be ready yet. I got to do some study and it's going to take me a while. Put that with pictures, put that in a PowerPoint, put that in a documentary format, all kinds of stuff. But I'm going to start working on it this week, okay? I'm going to start working on it this week. And uh, so I'm excited about that. We had, we had a good time at the Coliseum. We really did. It was a blessing to see all that. Man, it went fast. It went so fast. My brains were scrambled half the time, but it went fast. That jet lag got my brain, man. It took me into, like, orbit mode. I didn't, I, I didn't really talk about that. Probably won't. Anyway, it did. It went, like, orbit mode. Woohoo! There goes my brains. It was, like, gone. That jet lag got me. It really cooked my... Woo. But anyway, um, that's the way it goes. But I'm going to start working on the Coliseum this week. I'm going to get started because I have time. And I'm going to get these projects going between me and Brother Andrew. And Carl's got some footage for me from different sites and different things. The first big one will be the Coliseum. The next one will be the Vatican, I think. Next one will be Joe Ronald McDonald land. Right? And that stop. And Great Scotland! But anyway, I first want to deal with the Coliseum. So we got a lot of work to do there with that. But I'm hoping to have that done and work overtime Get that into a PowerPoint. Get that into some good stuff for the church. Get that ready. There's interviews. All kinds of stuff. We're going to do some, some of that. I've got some testimonial stuff. Different stops. We've got Ross's testimony that's up there too that we threw up there that we'll probably put into a little better format sometime. Ross and Claire's. Carl and Mary, I'll probably do something with them when I get to Canada. Also, uh, that'll be added onto the Canadian trip, though. But where in the world is Carlos San Diego? Santiago? Yeah, I don't know exactly what we're going to do yet, Carl. About that yet. I got to talk to my family and get that schedule and kind of figure that out. We'll be there, though. So, anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll see what I figure out. But, yeah, no, nobody's going to go there for a short time and not get anything done. So, uh, what I'm thinking is maybe on my way back I'll do that. It's I'll figure it out, though. I I'll let you know. We'll get it straight. And you know about that other thing I told you about, Carl, that, that I, I'm not announcing right now, but it, it will, that'll be a good time too. You know, I've already, I've, Carl's got the inside track information. He paid the $99.99 a month to get the, the inside track information. So anyway, we're going to have a good time. But, uh, We'll get that all figured out. Hey, Jay Leno. <laughs> Fabian. 
Uh, so anyway, we'll we'll figure it out. We got a lot to do, but you also know the other part uh, that I told you about that I haven't told anybody any of the folks about yet. But we'll we'll talk about that later on when we get closer and we get some things nailed down. Then I know we're going mid May, okay? So, and we got a lot to do, but from now until then, got plenty of time. But anyway, we're looking forward to that. And uh, so you keep, but don't forget, I'll be releasing over the winter time tons of stuff with the footage and everything from Europe. That was just really, that was a scouting visit to Europe. There's going to be much more. Much, much more. I'll be back to Europe. I know the Lord will have me go back to Europe. I, I, I know. And it'll be different the next time I go. But anyway, I enjoyed it. I'd like to take my wife there. Actually. But maybe when, we, when, when the Lord's done with us having babies. <laughs> By then I could have like 30. I don't know. But... <laughs> Ah, oh, she's 40 now, though. <laughs> Probably not that much longer. <laughs> uh, Canadian maple syrup, eh? Eh? All right. Anyway, I've been, like, talking for a half an hour here. You guys are going to ditch me. I'm tired of him. I'm finished with it. Actually, no, that's all the YouTube people that we ditched years uh, about a year ago with Rumble, isn't it? But anyway, in all, in all funniness, I am looking forward to meeting Pastor Jeffrey and uh, seeing Carl and Mary. My family are looking forward to meeting Carl and Mary. And uh, I will come and visit the Philippines someday, Lord willing, Carl. I will, but I'm looking forward to seeing Carl again. And uh, my family's looking forward to meeting them as well and, uh, and spending time with, uh, with them and with Pastor Jeffrey and having a good And there's going to be more. There's going to be more people along the way. I know it. I know as soon as some of our listeners find out that I'm in Canada, I'm sure they'll want to meet. So we'll see what happens. There's people that have been listening to us for years. I'm thinking about taking my family maybe a week in Canada and maybe a week back on the a week back on the New York side and drive down through New York. We'll be up by Buffalo, New York and drive down through New York cuz my family has never been to that side of the country. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll go back in to New York. in through New York and come back that way. So, anyway. That'll be good. Oh, yeah. I'll see you, Daryl and Teresa, on the way to Canada. If you come in Canada, hey, we're the merrier. Load you up. Grandma and Grandpa are coming, too, by the way. Brother Carl, you're going to meet Grandma and Grandpa Cooley. Lord willing, they're coming too. So they'll be they'll be there too. 
be interesting. So anyway, and Lucius, he'll get time off of work. And uh, he's coming. I'll have my whole family with me and, and grandma and grandpa. Oh, you get to meet them too. Good times. Good times. So what I'll do is probably spend a week in Canada, maybe a week back. Who knows? Till the gas runs out and I got to call people and be like, I don't have any more money. I need, to, I need some help. <laughs> I'll actually be that guy that's calling. It'll be a for real call. <laughs> no, I really am stranded. <laughs> you are not stranded in... You are not stranded in Canada. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm broke. <laughs> uh, uh, Pastor, would you this time do our wedding ceremony live? I'll even bring. Yes, at Niagara Falls, if you want. At Niagara Falls. How about that, Carl? At Niagara Falls, the Canada side, the most beautiful side. We'll do it right there live. Huh? Well, I'll be gone at least two weeks. It'll take a while. I'll be gone at least two weeks. I might throw in a couple extra days of driving time too. For me. So I'm going to, I'm going to get away. I'm going to need to, because it'll have been a year since I've been away and I, and I, I'm going to need, I'm going to, I might try to skate down to Kansas city for two days on a weekend coming up in January, for a couple days. But other than that, I, yeah, I'm going to be gone at least two weeks. Right there, Carl, right there at Niagara Falls live. I'm going to be breaking all kinds of laws, doing a wedding in Canada when I'm from America. Woo! Breaking every international law. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Even the guinea likes it. Look at listen to the guinea sounding off. All right, I'll bring my baggiest sweatpants and I'll marry you in big baggy sweatpants while you're in a tuxedo. Sounds good. That's what we'll do. We'll plan it. Lord willing, we will plan it. What a plan. And you heard it first live here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm going to wear the biggest, baggest sweat, uh, sweatpants ever in my life. The gin, this is not a rubber chicken. This is a guinea. And he is highly offended that you called him a rubber chicken, by the way. 
He does not like that. Don't make the mistake of calling him a chicken. He is not a mentally challenged chicken. He is a guinea. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Cool stuff. We might get arrested for doing it, but hey, won't be the first time. Somebody got arrested for giving a wedding. All right, all right. I won't. I won't wear big MC Hammer pants. I'll wear I'll wear my my suit my my suit and tie. Okay, all right. This will be exciting stuff. You don't have to wear a tux, you can wear a suit. Just wear a nice suit. Hey, I'm driving. I might be able to find one the right size for you here in Minnesota. And then drive it up so you don't have to carry it. You don't have to fly it on an airplane. That is not Ronaldo. This is... This is my birthday present from one of my children. They got me... He is the rep... He could be the replica of Ronaldo, but he is green. I'll wear a suit, too, so I don't look bad. I don't walk around in sweatpants anyway. Except today, I have I have jogging pants on right here because it's Minnesota. It's cold, and usually I have to throw it, but it's not cold today. It's like 50 or it's like 60. Cold enough for me, but cold enough for me, but it's 55 degrees. We got a few warm days ahead of us. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready? We are going to get to it. So anyway, lots of good stuff coming. I got more study time. It's going to get cold. I'll have more study time. Anyway, so lots of good stuff from Europe. Uh, I'll be talking to Pastor Jeffrey also about Canada, nailing some things down. My wife's got to get passport stuff. I'll be letting you know how you can give towards that because we are going to be street. I want to street preach. At Pastor Jeffrey's church, or outside, I mean, with his men. Uh, then I'm also going to, I want to I visit that Jewish community down there, preach, with the, uh, preach to them. I'm going to do Baptist history while I'm there. And then I'm also going to take my family and enjoy some time with them. So. That's what we're going to do. All right. Now we are going to talk about why I reject the charismatic NAR movement. So what in the world is a NAR? New Apostolic Reformation. Basically, the same old heresy rewrapped into a new name. All a bunch of heretics. 
I'm going to turn the heat up in here. I'm kind of cold. This is like a cave, but it's like 50, it's like 60 degrees and I needed about 65. I'm cold. Hold on. I'll be right back after these messages. When I was just a little boy, I'd hold my father's hand. It felt so big and strong and safe, it helped me learn to stand. I'd place my little hand in his and squeeze with all my might. As long as Daddy held my hand, I knew I'd be all right. I'm holding Father's hand, I'm holding Father's hand. I'm leaning on his mighty arm and learning how to stand. He helps me take each little step as only Father can. I'll walk into the future just holding Father's hand. He'd fold his hands in prayer each day. He trusted in the Lord. His hands embraced the Bible as he taught us from God's Word. I saw in him a simple faith that showed me how to live. There was no greater gift of love my dad could ever give. I'm holding Father's hand, I'm holding Father's hand. I'm leaning on his mighty arm and learning how to stand. He helps me take each little step as only Father can. I'll walk into the future just holding Father's hand. My Father's hands reminded me of Jesus' tender care. I still can hear his gentle voice that called my name in prayer. His loving hands protected me and helped me understand. My faithful heavenly Father always holds me in his hand. I'm holding Father's hand. I'm holding Father's hand. I'm leaning on his mighty arm and learning how to stand. He helps me take each little step as only Father can. I'll walk into the future just holding Father's hand. I'm holding Father's hand. I'm holding Father's hand. I'm leaning on his mighty arm and learning how to stand. He helps me take each little step as only Father can. I'll walk into the future just holding Father's hand. I'll walk into the future just holding Father's hand. Holding Father's hand. Amen. Okay, so now we're going to get to it here. I like talking to you, though. That's why I do. 
I spend time talking to you uh, because I don't just talk at you. I talk to you and uh, amen. So uh, that's why I do what I do the way that I do it. Uh, That's the purpose of it. Now, uh, if you have not listened to these expository preaching sermons on Ephesians, you are missing out on some great sermons, I believe, that will help you in your walk with God. Uh, Listen to those when you get a chance, okay? They are helpful. It will be a blessing to you. Now, uh, I want to talk to you about why I reject the charismatic NAR movement. And I can't fit it all into one broadcast. So we'll go through a series of these where we're going to talk about real valid and biblical reasons why we reject the charismatic NAR movement. Okay? And... The first reason I have is female preachers. And I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Female preachers are in, and female pastors are in direct rebellion to God. They're in direct rebellion to God. And when you examine a movement or you examine anything, it's got to be examined in the light of Scripture. So my my first biblical reason to reject the charismatic movement, the Pentecostal. When I say charismatic, I'll be clear. I mean Pentecostal. I mean assemblies of God. I mean... uh, uh, I, I mean the NAR movement. I mean the charis- any charismatic movement, any end times uh, miraculous gifts and signs and wonders. But everything must be examined and explained from the scriptures. The Bible says here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Now, I'm going to show you something here first and foremost. The Bible says that they're to be in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. This is explaining her good works and what they are. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Now, I want to start. That's the wrong. I want you to listen to the beginning of this as this glamorizes Amy Semple McPherson, who was the founder of the Four Square Pentecostal Church. I covered this. uh, History, and I was going to cover it again, but I decided, no, I'm not going to. But if you want to know about her. Amy McPherson, I'm going to talk about her today a little bit. And the assembly, uh, the four square heresy, and the AOG. AOG is the assemblies of God. This is part of the charismatics history. 
I'm not going to go into all of that. I do have some notes on that, and I will talk a little bit about her and these other women. But the fact that they are women standing up preaching in a mixed assembly to men proves that they are in rebellion to God and their movement is not of God at all. If they corrected it, then I would agree with, I, I would give them some leeway. There have been churches in the past that have gotten right with God after going too far. But they never repented. Listen to this. Oh, glory be to God, I was saved. She was electric, sensual, irresistible. Amy Semple McPherson, evangelist. She soared to the top in the 1920s, building the mag. So listen to what she said about her. Saving grace. Oh, glory be to God, I was saved. She was electric, sensual. Electric, sensual. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness. No, this is back in the night in the 1920s, Carl. This is Amy Semple McPherson from the 1920s. Now, David Cloud speaks of uh, of her, uh, and he records much information concerning. Her situation. Uh, uh, Pete. Here it is. Okay. So I'm going to read to you about a little bit about her, okay? Now, this woman is in complete and absolute rebellion to God. McPherson was married three times and divorced twice. Her first husband, Robert Semple, died in 1910 in China, where the young couple had gone as missionaries. In 1911, she married Harold Stewart McPherson. He complained about her hysterical behavior and neglect of him. And in 1921, the marriage ended in divorce. Amy had left Harold in order to attend to her preaching. Interestingly enough, Amy's associate pastor, Reba Crawford, also left her husband in order to preach with the same consequences. You want to hear something funny? My great-grandmother left her husband, or didn't leave her husband, left a farm, left the home, sold it, and went on the road to preach. That was my great-grandmother did that. 
That would have been back in like the 20s, same time as this broad did it. So totally ignoring what the scriptures say about being in subjection to your husband. And they say, well, I got a word from the Lord. Right? The four-square gospel McPherson promoted was Jesus Christ as Savior, baptizer in the Holy Spirit, healer, and coming king. He called it the full gospel, although the full gospel is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which ye also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again from the dead. Right? That's the gospel, friend. That's the full gospel. All right? This lady's ministry was full of fake and phony miracles. That never happened. I'm not going to read it all to you, but I'll tell you this. When you start something out in absolute rebellion to God. Okay. It's not going anywhere good fast. Right? It ain't going nowhere good fast. A little go Now, Arno Gablian, which was a a Bible preaching man, a Bible preaching pastor. He wrote a book in 1925 called The Healing Question. In fact, I think I have it here. I've got a whole Expositors of the Scriptures by Arno Gablian somewhere, or I don't remember what it's called, but anyway, I have it. I have a bunch of Arno Gablian books. Okay? Arno Gablian challenged her. There were other men of God that challenged her and said, you're a phony lady. You're wicked. But Arno Gablian examined McPherson's healing claims and published his report in 1925 book called The Healing Question. He did not find any genuine healings. The following sad case of a little girl who attended a McPherson revival crusade illustrates the plight of those who are misled by this false teaching. Listen to this, this little girl. A little girl wore a pair of glasses, one half of which was entirely black. I gathered that she was totally blind in one eye and almost blind in the other. I sat upon the stage very close to the whole procedure. While prayer was being made for her, the little girl, who appeared to be about 11 years of age, wept and sobbed and writhed in her eagerness to secure the help that she had been led to expect. She left the platform in public claim was made by one of the workers that she had been healed, and the little girl verified the, the claim by a nod of the head given in reply to the question of the worker. An hour later, when the meeting was out, I noticed a small cluster of women near the platform. I thought I saw the blind little girl in their midst. So I asked my wife, 
to go over and investigate and talk to her if necessary. She found the erstwhile cured girl flat on her face on the floor sobbing with shattered hopes and a breaking heart. Her disappointment was complete. And so was her disillusionment. The improved sight that she seemed to have had in the midst of the excitement on the platform had disappeared. And with it, the hope of the little girl. See, they they built that little girl's hysteria up. Right? They built that little girl's hysteria up to where she literally thought she was she was healed and then when the meeting was over she figured out nothing happened to her besides that she was deceived right one of the strange That's what happened to her. Big lie. Big deception. We reject this movement, not only for its phony stuff, and we're not even going to talk about that, really. But that these women are in direct rebellion to God. All of them. All of them are in direct rebellion to what God says. If you're a female preacher that goes out in public on the street corner or you go out in public in mixed multitudes of men and women and you stand in the and you go and you stand in a in a, in a church and you claim to be a pastor you're a liar. And you're in rebellion. And the most rebellious women that I've ever seen are Pentecostal women, Pentecostal preaching women, NAR preaching women, charismatic women. They are absolutely in rebellion to God. If they can't obey their own husband, how in the world are they going to obey, obey God? This is Benny Hinn, and he talks about his anointing he got at a grave, grave sucking. One of the strangest experiences I had a few years ago visiting Amy's tomb in California. This Thursday, I'm on TBN. Friday, I'm going to go and visit Catherine Kuhlman's tomb. It's close by Amy's in Forest Lawn Cemetery. I've been there once already. And every so often, I like to go and pay my respects because this great woman of God has touched my life. And the grave uh, where she's buried is closed. They built walls around it. You can't get in without a key. And I'm one of the very few people who can get in. 
But I'll never forget when I saw Amy's tomb. It's a incredibly dramatic. She was such a lady that her tomb has seven-foot angels bowing on each side of the, the, her tomb with a gold chain around it. As, as incredible as it is that someone would die with angels bowing on each side of her grave. He is such an idiot. As incredible as it is that this lady would have angels bowing down to her. It's such nonsense. It's so stupid. You built the statues, dummy. They were built. They're not real angels bowing down to this Jezebel. I felt a terrific anointing when I was there. I actually, I, I hear this, I trembled when I visited Amos' tomb. I was shaking all over. God's park came all over me. The man with me and I were shaking. Norm, who worked with, with Miss Gwynn for years, took me there. And Norm and I were trembling under the power of God. I said, dear God, I said, I feel the anointing. I began to weep. I feel the anointing. I began to weep. I count Dracula. I want to fuck your mud. Okay, anyway. Um, by the way, Amy Simple McPherson Actually, well, I'll read it. I'll read it to you. Just, so, just, so, just to remind you of this anointed woman of God that he talks about. Because... In May of 1926, McPherson disappeared and was thought to have drowned while swimming off the California coast. A month later, she turned up in Mexico claiming to have been kidnapped, but the evidence led most people to believe that she had an affair with a former employee, Kenneth Ormiston. Now understand this about Amy Simple McPherson also. Two people died on the search and rescue. Trying to find her. Wasn't dead. She wasn't drowned. The two had been seen together earlier in the year during Amy McPherson's trip to Europe. At the same time Amy sailed for Europe, Ormiston disappeared from his job and his wife. Ruth registered a missing persons report at police headquarters. She told police a certain prominent woman was responsible for her husband's disappearance. The vanishing evangelist, Lately Thomas. They were seen together checking into some hotels in California after her return from Europe and prior to the alleged kidnapping. Though McPherson claimed to have wandered for 14 hours across roughly 20 miles of cruel desert covered with the mesquite, cactus and cat cat claw to escape her captors when she was found she showed no signs of having been through such an ordeal her shoes were not scuffed or worn she was not dehydrated or sunburned her lips were not parched cracked or swollen her color was normal her dress was not torn and bore no dust or precipitation 
or perspiration, excuse me, stains. The dress collar and cuffs, though white in color, were barely soiled. Further, she was wearing a watch her mother had given her, a watch she had not taken with her to the beach. There were also grass stains on the insteps of her sole, of her shoes, even though there was no grass in the desert through which she allegedly wandered. Amy told reporters that her ankles were bruised and torn by ropes from her captivity, but there was no sign of such injuries when she was examined. An exhaustive search was made to find the adobe shack with a wooden floor where she was allegedly held captive and when she described in detail to the authorities. But no such shack was found in the 46-square-mile area. Experienced desert men and trackers, one had ridden that country as a cowboy for 37 years and another for 20, who attempted to find her attackers, traced her footsteps, and they discovered where she apparently had gotten out of an automobile on a road not far from where she was found. The senior tracker testified that he examined every foot of the ground over which she had claimed to walk and that her tracks had been found nowhere. As for the shack, he said, I do not know of any adobe house such as one described by McPherson within 150 miles of Agua Prite, and I know every house in this vast area. A grocery receipt signed by McPherson was found in a Carmel, California cottage where it appears Amy had met Ormiston during the time she was allegedly to have been kidnapped. Several eyewitnesses testified they saw the two together during that period. The year after this episode, McPherson bobbed her hair, started drinking and dancing, wearing short skirts. Prior to this, she had preached against such things. Her choir director, Gladwin Nichols, and the entire 300-member choir resigned because of her lifestyle. He told the press that he left because of Amy's surrender to worldliness, her wardrobe of fancy gowns and short skirts, jewelry, furs, her new infatuation with cosmetics and bobbed hair, all specifically condemned by the scriptures. In 1931, the divorced McPherson married the divorced David Hutton, but the marriage lasted only three years. McPherson's mother, Mildred Kennedy, worked as a business associate in her daughter's successful evangelistic empire. They owned the Angelus Temple outright in a 50-50 business partnership until Amy fired her mother in 1927. They frequently got in terrific fights. In 1929, Mildred received a broken nose during an explosive argument. When Amy McPherson died of a drug overdose in 1944, she left her mother $10 with the stipulation that if Mildred contested it, she would get nothing. Okay, so this is Amy Simple McPherson, female preacher. Life started with rebellion ended with suicide. She took murder, uh, or she took uh, sleeping pills, OD'd on sleeping pills, and died. I believe went to hell in her absolute wicked and vile rebellion. These are the women preachers that the Pentecostals hold up. Uh, Another woman preacher uh, that Benny Hinn and the other Pentecostals, the other Charismatics, the other NARS hold up. Here's another one. When you give your disease and the influence she had over You often hear me talk about Catherine Kuhlman and the influence she had on my life. Today I want to show you a portion of a meeting she had in Jerusalem in 1974. You can be so blessed. So call your friends and tell them a very special program today. In that same conference, David Duplessis was there, Cody Timboom, 
Pat Robertson and others. Before we go to Catherine, I want to show you this little clip with David Duplessis who taught forgiveness known as Mr. Pentecost, touched millions of lives. And Cody Boom, of course, you've heard of The Hiding Place, the great film that's heard much younger through on it. I believe of the who has never believed in by the way Corey Tim Boom because of the people that she was around I susp I I question everything that woman I rare I I'm not sure I believe a thing that comes out of her I'm not doubting the Holocaust happened I'm not saying that or anything like that I'm saying I don't know if I believe her because when you could be about, you could be around all of those people. Nope, sorry. Nope, nope. That's not In God's God. spirit. From and David Duplessis, my anyway, serve still. Oh, this lady annoys me so bad. I did an expose on her years ago in 2019. Catherine Kuhlman died a long time ago. You mean you couldn't? I had nothing. I had. Stop. Stop down on it. I couldn't do that. You couldn't. You mean you just can't believe it? Run, honey, run over there. Go on. Go, go on. Go on. Go on. Listen, are you from Germany? Yes. Did you expect this to happen when you came from Germany? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Speaks the universal language. That's what's so wonderful. From a little crossroads town in Missouri. I was born. Yeah, the crossroads. Uh-huh. Sure, you little witch. I was Most people are... up and said, wonderful Jesus. I let all my heart. If you can take nothing, asking for... Over here, Jimmy. Tell him. This man is from Turkey. He had an operation on this knee, which they removed the kneecap, and he was scheduled for another operation, and the Lord had marvelously healed his knee. Five years ago, he had this problem. And, and the kneecap has been the removed? The kneecap was removed. And he was scheduled for another operation. Bend it now, bend it. Is there no pain at all? No pain. And the kneecap has been removed. The man is from Turkey. One kneecap has been removed. Does he know whether he's put a new kneecap in there? I'm not sure. But bend it back. Is that is that the, the, the knee where the kneecap has been removed? Kneel down on it. Kneel down on it right now. Give him a great shake. Get up, sir. Come on. Get up. Get up without any help whatsoever. Turn around and run over there. Go on. Turn around and run. Go on. Go on. Go on. 
Is there... It's Jezebel likes telling men what to do. Could happen to you. And the family is from... You just can't talk. Dear Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost just goes through her body. Let her go with the power of God goes through her body. The glory that's on this man. This man is getting something more, I'll tell you. He's getting something. Keep seated. That is the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, right. I want to explain something to you very, very quickly before I enter into a little heart-to-heart talk. I want you to know that I have seen literally thousands and thousands slain by the power of the Holy Spirit. And to this very hour, I do not understand the slain power of the Holy Ghost. One thing I do know, and that is that Catherine Kuhlman has nothing to do with the slain power of the Holy Spirit. Please believe me. It is not my touch, it is his touch. One thing I can promise you, this one thing that I know about, it is not him in this building today. Okay, so you see the you see the examples of this. Uh and you have to ask yourself, so is God Almighty giving them the power to do this while they're in absolute rebellion to God, lying, preaching against the scriptures, what God says, not only in one reference directly, but two direct witnesses. This is why I utterly reject the charismatic movement because of female preachers, female pastors. For God is not the author of confusion. 1 Corinthians 14. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. They're commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is a shame for women to speak in the church. What came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. This is the commandment of God. This is God's commandment. And these female preachers and that whole movement and these Ahab, Jezebel-led men suffer it to be so. And yes, she did endorse Lonnie Frisbee, who was a straight-up sodomite. And all these Pentecostals, with all their anointing, always go bad. They always go into sin and wickedness. Remember, Benny Hinn gets the anointing. 
He gets he gets the Neutner from her grave. And then what happens? He goes over to Paula White. Does the same thing that Amy Simple McPherson did. And where are they at? They're in Rome. Where are they at? At the Vatican. Now, let's follow the charismatic movement down. And sure enough, I, I put my hand on her back, and it was just like the Spirit of God. Just I always get emotional when I talk about it because it was a definitive moment in my life, in my marriage, in my ministry. And I laid my hands on her back, and I just something just came over me, and I just began to pray like I'd never prayed. I still had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit in that moment, but I was so close. Mm. I was I was asking all the right questions, and I just said, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, I command straightness of spine into my wife right I'll command straightness of spine in my wife right there you go these people are all connected what what happens to what happens to um Greg Locke he meets up with Benny Hinn he wrote a book against Benny Hinn, turned his position completely around, now supports Benny Hinn, his signs and wonders and miracles and everything like that. Right? Why? He wants the anointing of Benny. He's already got the same perverted spirit, left his wife for the secretary. The leader of the bee family is always a female known as a queen bee. She's the only female that is fertile. Deborah, you're a queen bee. Come on. But here's what's so important. She is known for her dance. She is known for her dance. And it's not like some cute little, you know, this kind of dance. It's not that this kind of dance. She's known for her dance because when she gets ready to notify in the hive of a new source of food, she will perform a dance by vibrating her wings her wings start going into this like almost uncontrollable vibration and the moving of her body around and the dance
plants starts to communicate how far and in what direction the food is. She's the queen bee, and it's uphill against the wind. It will require more energy. So what she starts doing at the amount of food, there is great dance. The dance will last longer, and it'll be more enthusiastic. So what she starts doing, the longer the dance, the more bees she gets aroused. So queen bee starts going into this frenzy, and she starts going around and around and around, and she goes into vibrations until all the bees get activated, and all the bees start going forth, and she leads the way by stirring something up. I dare you, Deborah. Come on, stir it up right now in the name of Jesus. Stir up faith in others. Stir it up. Do you think I was ashamed to stand on the lawn of the White House in front of the president, the vice president, the floaters, the nation, the press, and declare in the name of Jesus. I declare right now an end to this COVID-19. What good am I if I pray some cute little prayer? What good am I if I have some fancy little poem or just talk about the problem? Everybody knows the problem, but who's going to come forth with the solution? Stir them up. Stir them up. Come on, Deborah. Stir them up right now. Stir them up. There's a whole lot of food. There's revelation. Some people are eating ass's head and doves dung. What in the world did any of that mean? There you go. So point number one, that's why I reject female preachers. Number one, they're nuts. Uh, no, number one, they're against God's order. They're absolutely against God's order. By the way, who thinks it's weird that after Benny Hinn has the affair with Paula White, his wife loses all that weight and looks like Paula White. Check it out. Watch. Watch this. I appreciate so. He redid his vows, right? Watch this. Look. See? Am I the only one that thinks it's absolutely sick? Now, you don't believe me, do you? All right, let me show you something. That's what she looks like there. Watch this. You're a people pleaser. You're a butt kisser. And there's no other word for it. I mean, like, hey, you know what? I think that English didn't buy those... English down here. Hey, I'm English too. I think that English sense of humor, because we tend to see things a little bit more comical than most people. But you know, like I said, you know, we don't have no, no more time. I said to Wendy, we have no more time. Women, let me tell you something. You have no more time to even worry about your stinking high heels. Because you know what? We can't keep up with what God's doing. He's moving quickly. You better take them off. Take them off and get them off. They get your confidence. Right, but that's what she looked like there. Right? Look what she looked like after Benny Hinn's affair. Look what she looked like after Benny Hinn's affair.
right? She made herself look like her. Okay, anyway, that was weird. Okay. Next. We're going to talk about the second reason. We reject the Pentecostal movement, charismatic movement, or the female preacher, phony, uh, charismatic NAR movement is there are no living apostles. Right? There are no living apostles in the charismatic NAR movement pushes apostles. Just like Rome. Apostle, it means sent forth. The term apostle means one who is sent or a messenger. There are three usages of the term apostle in the New Testament. Apostle refers to the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Go to Hebrews. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Right? He's the high priest and those box elders. Sorry. Um, he's the high priest of our profession. He's also the apostle. He's the ultimate sent one. Christ was sent. Jesus was sent from God the Father into the world to provide redemption for mankind. Apostle refers to the 12 men who were chosen by Christ to lay the foundation of the church. Let's look at Luke chapter 6. Verse 13, and when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose 12, whom, he also, whom also he named apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon called Zelotes, Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which was also the traitor. Okay? Ephesians 2.20 tells us that's what the church was built upon. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Okay? After Judas betrayed the Lord and hung himself, the 11 remaining apostles selected a man to replace them. Acts chapter 1. Remember that? Acts chapter 1. Verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120 men and brethren. This scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained part of this ministry. 
Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem in so much as that the field is called in the proper tongue, Alkadama, that is to say the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein. And his bishop prick let another take. Wherefore of these, of these men which have a, Accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, under the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place. They gave him gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Those 11 apostles would go, or those 12 apostles would go on to be the apostles of the tribes of Israel. Okay? But later we find that Paul was selected directly by Christ to be an apostle to the Gentiles. 1 Corinthians 15. So 12 is a number that is synonymous with Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel. Okay? Paul is not an apostle to Israel. First Corinthians 15, 7. After that, he was seen of James and of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles that I that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Amen. Paul's the apostle to the Gentiles. The Gentiles, the focus switched from the 12 tribes of Israel to the apostle to the Gentiles, where the church would the churches would not be Jewish specifically any longer, but Jew and Gentile alike would be in one body, the church. Now we have many churches today, all designed after that one body, the institution itself. Okay. Second Corinthians 12. Eleven through twelve. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I am become a fool in glory. You have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. For in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. 
Okay? That's Paul alone, no other man. Had those apostolic powers, those powers that were given to them as signs of an apostle. Galatians 1.1, Paul, an apostle, not of men, either by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. An apostle can only be one who was ordained by Jesus Christ. Paul was one born out of due time that was ordained by Christ. Period. There are no more. Now, an apostle can refer to a Christian worker, one that was sent to do work, but not the office of the apostle. We are sent ones. Yes, we're sent out in that sense, but not in the specific office of the 12 and the one, the Gentiles. The Pope calls himself an apostle, but he is not. He is Antichrist. The Bible doesn't specifically call them that. Any others besides that? Acts 14, 14. Which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people crying out. Now, he is sent with Paul, but he did not have the same Ministry is Paul. It's not the same thing. I mean, he was along with Paul's ministry. He was a sent one. But not apocalyptic powers, not apostolic powers. Yet I suppose it necessary to send you up for notice, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger, he that ministered to my wants. He was sent, right? There are men that are sent. There were marks of the 12 apostles. They were chosen personally by Christ. Look at Acts 22. Now I'm going to give you the marks of an apostle. Acts 22. And he said, the God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. That was Paul. Specifically. We went over Luke 6, 13 through 16. Galatians 1, 1. An apostle was one that had seen Jesus Christ. That held that office. They had seen the resurrected Christ. See, that thou shouldest see that just and see that just one. 
Acts 1.22. Beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. Apostles were witnesses of the resurrection. They had to see the risen Lord. 1 Corinthians 9.1 Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? Paul said that he saw Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, 1 Corinthians 15. And after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. The apostles, number three, point number three of a real apostle. They received their message by direct revelation from God rather than being taught by man. Again, Acts 22. And he said, the God of our fathers hath chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. Okay. They received direct revelation from God. Galatians 1, 11 and 12. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul saw Christ and he taught him the gospel. Just like he taught the other 12 apostles. It was direct revelation. No other way. The apostle, number four. The apostle, they could impart spiritual power and gifts. Acts 8. Seventeen through nineteen. They, then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, "Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost." They couldn't. He couldn't confer that power to them. Simon wanted to pay for it because he was a witch, a sorcerer. The Pope's a witch. The Pope's a sorcerer. The Charismatics are witches. Sorcerers. They want the power to do that. Second Timothy chapter 1. 
6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, Paul laid hands on Timothy and gifted him. Timothy was an evangelist. Now, I personally believe that that office was closed with Timothy and Titus and those men. That it was just an extension of Paul's ministry while he was imprisoned. And he laid his hands on them and gifted them. Anyway. Some men might disagree with that. That's okay. I don't see it in the New Testament where there's this office of evangelist that continues. There's no instruction for the office of evangelist. There's no instruction for what they're supposed to do. All of us are supposed to evangelize. So I don't really think that the evangelist is an office in the church. I think it was an extension of the apostolic office and then it closed. Anyway. I think the men they call evangelists today are itinerant preachers. They go out and preach everywhere. That's not an evangelist. A pastor is supposed to do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of his ministry. Number five, they add special signs to authenticate their message. 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Acts 2.43. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by... The apostles. Who did them? The apostles. The apostles did them. Okay. Acts 4.33. By the way, this is a great outline by David Cloud, founded his Way of Life Encyclopedia. Very good. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. And with great power gave the apostles witness. Acts 5.12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. They were all with one accord in Simon's porch, Solomon's porch, excuse me. Solomon's porch. Okay. Number six. They had the same authority as the Old Testament prophets. Second Peter 3.2.
that ye be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Same authority. Remember, the church was built upon the apostles, the prophets, and the apostles. Number seven, they, the apostles wrote scripture. 2 Peter 3, 15. An account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. Okay. And the question is asked, are there apostles in this special sense today? The following reasons. We know there are not apostles today in the same sense as the 12 chosen by Christ in the early churches. Number one, no one today qualifies to be such an apostle. We have seen the qualifications from the scriptures and no Christian today can meet those qualifications. Two, there were only 12 of them and their office apart from the exception of Judas was never passed on to others at their death. When Judas committed suicide after betraying Jesus, the 11 remaining apostles chose a replacement, bringing the number again to 12. This revealed their, their understanding and the significance of that exact number. Later, Paul was called by the Lord to be an apostle to the Gentiles. Number three, the first apostles were called to lay the foundation of the church. The foundation has been firmly laid. And those men with their special authority, calling, and sign gifts have passed off the scene. Number four, no New Testament passage instructs churches to select or ordain apostles, only pastors and deacons. The only offices in the scripture, pastors and deacons. There's no instructions to ordain an apostle. When Judas died, the remaining 11 chose their replacement. But that was a divine fulfillment of prophecy. Notice, there's a reason why. So can't we replace apostles today? No, because there is divine prophecy concerning the replacement of Judas. Check out Psalm 109. Watch this. Verse 8. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. That was foreordained by God that his days would be few, and another would take his office. It's fulfilled in Acts one twenty.
For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishopric let another take. Isn't that something? Now remember this, check this out. Luke 24, 45. Check this out. How did they know that? Under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and the lessons that Jesus taught them. Check this out. He, sa he said in verse 44, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. He took the Old Testament scriptures and he taught them everything that they needed to know. And he taught them right here about the Psalms. Look what it says there. All things that were written and in the Psalms concerning me. He taught them those prophecies. Showed them by divine revelation, all of them. Teach them what they needed to know. Isn't that something? That's amazing. He opened their understanding. It was miraculous. So I reject the charismatic movement because of their false prophets and false apostles like this one. Every word curse, and I command every spirit that came in through abuse, every spirit speaking against your identity in Christ, all must go out now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Free every spirit that speaks against your identity, every spirit giving you thoughts and desires you don't want to have, every spirit of addiction, every impure sexual spirit must come out now in Jesus' name. My name is Jaden. This is Ron. Two, two months prior to us coming to Catherine's things, uh, I started watching your videos and I found this YouTube short of her where she was casting out these demons and, and something inside of me just jumped. I knew for a fact that she walked with the anointing. So uh, he ends up calling me today. Today's Friday. He ends up calling me Wednesday or I think it was yesterday. And he said to me that he's going to some deliverance meeting. And for some reason, I knew for a fact it was Apostle Catherine Craig before he even knew that it was that or it was her. Uh, he ended up dropping the line, called his mom, he found out that it was Catherine, he called him back and he said it's Catherine. I'm like, what? Come on, this is God. He's divine timing, everything. Um, ended up getting here and, and she called me on stage. She called him briefly after. She called me on stage and when I was standing at the bottom of the, of the stairs, 
I, I tried to keep my hands up and it was just like very heavy. Like I felt like the Holy Spirit came and sat on me. But the way she mentioned like in the sermon, there's like a higher authority. And obviously I've got the Holy Spirit, but I've never felt that that pressure where that like laid me down to a point where I couldn't even stand. And I went up on the stage and she prayed for me and it took like three seconds. And in that moment, I said to God, you, you can have it all. And, and Rumar, are you the head of your wife? I like to think that we're equal. Are you the head? The head. I am. I am. A, I, no, no, no. I'm an alpha. Uh-uh. Not if you think you and your wife are equal. Beta. Oh, because i tell you why. Beta. Rumar, are you the head of your wife? I like to think that we're equal. Are you the head? Beta. I am. I am. A, I, no, no, no. I'm an alpha. Uh-uh. Not if you think you and your wife are equal. Beta. Because I tell you why. Beta! Rumar, These bunch of Fruit Loop betas. I mean, can you believe it? She calls herself an apostle. A liar. I re recently released my first book called The Secret of the Anointing. Hallelujah accessing the power of God to walk in miracles. If you haven't gotten it, I absolutely recommend you get it. Now that a lot of you I know have been able to read the devil, or we can call <laughs> trusted with much in the anointing. They on this earth. This is like such a witch. Such an absolute witch. Calls herself an apostle. Right, calls herself an apostle, does everything against God's order, right? Violates scripture completely, but stands up and plays Mickey Mouse games with the Bible. Right? Says they're Come for every single one of them say they're called of God, dresses like a slut, an absolute stinking rot gut whore. Your time is up. What are you doing to her? What are you doing to her? Get up. Get up now. Get up. Help her up. Help her up. Help her up. Can we have someone else help her? She's being delivered right now, and the demons need to obey. Get up! So you need people to help her up because the demons need to obey? These people are such a show. It is, that lady's going to burn in hell so badly for and her lying. Get up! Yes, your time is up! Get up! Yes, get up now! Yes! You must go! Now, in Jesus' name. Now. Now, everyone. Everyone. It's like, how do you sleep at night? How does somebody sleep at night doing this? Not They don't preach the Bible. They, they don't preach the word of the living God. They don't fear God and give him glory. They play games. Pour out so much. Look at the power.
out. Get out. Not want him to be found. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of amazing all these demons find her. It's kind of weird, isn't it? You are free. And dress like a, a nasty. Oh. I mean, I would just be like, I don't believe you have the power of God because you're dressed like a slut. I mean, number one, I think you dress like a whore. I think you look like a whore. I think you have you have the same whorish spirit as all these. All of them. You know, and these guys have same weird. E whorish sexualized spirit. Um, Okay. And uh, this will kind of probably offend you, but oh well. And the Holy Spirit to me is like the genie from Aladdin. I view the Holy Spirit like the genie from Aladdin. And he's blue. Unplanned. Perfect. And he's funny. And he's sneaky. And he's courageous and he's everywhere. And he's wonderful. That's who he is to me. And he's funny. And he's sneaky. <laughs> he's silly. He's wonderful. And I view him like the genie from Aladdin. <laughs> I don't know where in my life that just kind of like came up. Maybe when I was like 10, I don't know, but because he's there, you know, <laughs> and he's he's the helper and he's just always supportive and comforting. Okay, so this is this is another example of why women ever any circumstance Bible to ever. Uh, the number one reason is the scriptures tell us, no, it's for that there are no more apostles and yet they claim to be apostles. Right? But there are no more apostles died out, right? So we reject the charismatic move. I reject the charismatic move because of female preachers and because of false apostles. The Bible warns about false apostles. Warns about that second Corinthians about these false apostles. It's a I, I messed up my yeah second Corinthians 11. messed up my my uh thing here and for some reason it's got like all this thing got gotta fix it for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ.
and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Okay? That's them. That's what they do. And that's why we reject the charismatic movement. That's why we reject it and the the uh, the NAR movement, the Apostolic Reformation. We reject those issues. Now, we'll get into some others later on down the road, but I hope you learned some things about, about that issue. Okay? Let's see. How about we play a song and give you a chance to say hi or bye if you want to say anything. Out of here. Uh, let's see. to see him and look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last ever to rejoice as i journey through this land singing as i go pointing souls to calvary to the crimson flow many arrows pierce my soul from without within but my Lord leads me on, through him I must win. Oh, I want to see him and look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, just let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When in valleys, I look toward the mountain height and behold my Savior there leading in the fight with a tender outstretched the mighty deep. Then my Lord directs my path, He does safely keep. And He leads me gently on through this world below. And He's a real friend to me, oh I love Him so. And oh I want to see Him, just look upon His face. There to sing forever of His saving grace. On those streets of glory, just let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last.
Amen. All right, everybody. Listen, if you need, like to, I mean, uh, pray for us. So we could use, uh, got a lot going on, obviously. And pray for us. The Lord would continue to bless our ministry and meet all of our needs. As you know, all expenses go up and right now are up uh, because of inflation and all kinds of things. Uh, just pray for us that the Lord would continue to provide for us in his supernatural way that he does. In that. Uh, if you'd like to donate, here is oldpathsbaptistchurch.org. Oldpathsbaptistchurch.org. Click on donate. Okay, right there. And uh, you can do it through debit card or credit card or donate with PayPal right there. Or you can PayPal us directly at salvationpreacher at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to, you Apple Pay Vent Cash App. That, or if you'd like to, you can mail us something. Directions of how to do Okay. Right down here. Mail us something at to ten thirty South Highway three, Northfield, Minnesota, five five zero five seven. Okay? And uh, if not, that's okay too. Pray and ask the Lord to speak to somebody else's heart that it is a, that it is in a way better place. Do that right now, okay? Um, and uh, otherwise, God bless you all. Lord willing, I will see you again Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time. That's Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, okay? Uh, and uh, man, 72 people on right now. What's going on? I get ready to leave and everybody wants to come on. What's going on here, huh? Going to overtime or something. Right? Uh, I don't get paid for overtime, man. I tell you, I just, I don't know. I charged. I I went into overtime yesterday at church. I, Oh, I'm into overtime, double time and a half, man. Sunday. But anyway. But uh, check out our new sermons over here. This is the one from last Wednesday, Walking in Good Works. There's actually three messages I did on that verse. Ephesians 2.10. We're going to move on to Ephesians 11 and 12. Moving on. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Wednesday we'll be back. Working on a lot of things. Pray about our Canada trip. Pray about that. Pray about uh, getting all the passports for my family and all that good stuff. And pray about um, about just general health. Sick that time of year, right? But anyway, just pray for I'll pray for Jacob and Carly and their. The flu, I tried to bind it, but do I bind you? Good. Oh, yeah, Baptist history. A good thing that, that, that we did Baptist history. Yeah, it was cutting out because I didn't have it over my face. I'm sorry. It was, wasn't right there over my face. Uh, I, I'm going to fix this thing because that's anno- that annoys me. Um, Should come to New Jersey. Well, I'm going to go to Buffalo. I I might be around Buffalo, New York when I go to Canada. 
on my way back into the States, I'll be around Buffalo, New York. We're going to go to Niagara Falls on the U.S. side, too. Lord willing. So, anyway. All right, everybody. God bless you. Take care. I'll get out of here. And uh, you have a good day. Good night. And um, thank the Lord for all of his goodness. Amen. But, anyway.